Hello everyone, this is Derek Minakami of Kaneohe Elementary and this is Educator's Edge. I'm here today chatting with my good friend Garrett Sakahi of Jefferson Elementary. How's it Garrett? Hi Derek, how's it going? It's going COVID-y, no, it's going okay. Things are going nicely, I, I think we're finally hitting our groove and thankfully the numbers have been low. So we're actually able to teach, actually able to concentrate on helping the kids adjust to school well. How about for you? Mitigation strategies, mitigation strategies, and more mitigation strategies. Doing our best to try and uh, keep COVID at check, operating in cohorts, classrooms. Uh, students seem to be gaining a lot of uh, skills that were lost, but uh, just great to see kids excited in school and great to see kids excited to learn. Oh, definitely. There are probably like tons of things that we can talk about with really strategies, but today we're talking about our different approaches to place-based learning. You know, at Kaneohe, it's rural, suburban. Uh, we have families who have been in Kaneohe for generations. We're about two thirds um, of our students who have native Hawaiian ancestry. So definitely we have a lot of opportunities, but also some challenges that we face in implementing. And I'm sure there's some similarities and differences for you as well, Garrett. At, at Jefferson, uh, about half of our, our teachers did not grow up in Hawaii. Uh, so they want, they want to connect to the land. They want to do uh, AINA-based, project-based learning. Uh, students are very transient. They come in. A lot of military families are here. They may stay for a week or a couple months, but uh, we feel it's our responsibility at Jefferson Elementary to provide them with a connection uh, to the place called Wikiki, to Jefferson Elementary School, and to the Ahupua'a. All right, you know, like, um, for some of our staff and some of our students, you know, there's always a question as to why are we focusing so much on Olelo Hawaii? Why are we incorporating Ike Hawaii? Do you, you know, with so much of your students of a transient nature, do you encounter that as well? And when they question. That brings back to memory, uh, something that Suzanne Mulcahy said when she was at the state office. When she walks into a classroom in the state of Hawaii, she wants to know that she's in Hawaii, the smell, how she feels, what is being spoken. There's something unique about Hawaii that uh, needs to be brought out, not only in the classrooms, uh, not only in school, not only from teacher to student, but uh, there is a need to connect to something bigger and greater. And uh, I think that's what we're going to be talking about today, which is about uh, weaving aloha into our schools. Yeah, definitely. You know, and I think you and I both share a mentor now, Pono Shim, um, and has taught us much about what is aloha and how um, it's not something that uh, is meant to be exclusive but something meant to be inclusive. And um, going back to what Auntie Pilahi Paki had taught him, 
is that aloha is a solution for the world and you know projecting into the future she could already foresee that the world will look to hawaii um, for the secrets and the healing power of aloha so definitely you know those are things i think link us and you know serve as uh, a justification as to why we're what we're doing you know i'm also you know, think about our partnership with Luluku Farm and how um, for our mahi'ai, Mark Stride, he always talks about our connection to the land, our connection to the water and how it ties us. We all depend on the land to feed us. We all depend on the water to quench our thirst. And so taking care of the land, taking care of the water, using indigenous knowledge uh, to better do that more sustainable has been a strong theme. Are you seeing similar things happening in Waikiki? What we're trying to do right now is really connect our students, our faculty, staff, in fact, our entire community, anyone interested, uh, to connect with the land, to connect at this place that is known as Waikiki. A uh, perfect example would be the Genki Ball that, that we are creating. Uh, we're working with uh, representatives from EM, Effective Microorganisms, using a form of bokashi to uh, try and revitalize the Alawai Canal. That's a perfect example of us taking something that is place-based, something that is aina-based, something that all students from grades K, pre-K through grade five uh, can participate in. Students are so excited. Later on this week, Thursday and Friday, our first and fourth graders our second graders will be going across to the Alawai to throw Genki balls into the Alawai Canal. That's such a powerful connection. In fact, connection is such a powerful word too. Not only connecting teachers to students, but teachers to their curriculum, to their instruction. It's something much bigger than the school. You know, when we think about and, and what your students are doing in terms of restoring the waters surrounding your school, what is the future plan for that? What is the vision for revitalizing um, the water there? I think uh, the Alawai has is often on the end of jokes. Uh, our, our community really wants to turn that around, take that negative uh, and turn it into a positive, revitalize it so that the fish will return, revitalize it so that uh, something that was once seen in a negative uh, aspect of Waikiki can turn into a jewel of Waikiki. I think there's a lot of similarities, you know, when we take a look at the, the um, the loy. And what our Mahi'ai Mark Stride teaches the students is that the loy this year, the kalo that they plant this season, they won't eat. But actually, it will feed the next class who, who comes in. And they, in turn, will prepare and prepare the food for subsequent generations. And I'm thinking, when you think about the return to the fish and, and revitalizing that area, it really is about 
projecting into the future, right? And helping those who come later who will benefit from the work that you're doing, the efforts that you're making today. It's also about connecting students to a place. Many of our students are transient, but they can take this Genki Ball experience because they have connected with it. They can take it to other schools locally, abroad, on the mainland, and share their experience and share their connection with the Aina. What are the things that you're hearing from been involved in this process? What are they saying? Uh, they're proud to be a part of something uh, that's bigger than them, that's bigger than the school, that will benefit the community. Yeah, I, I would just say it, it builds community pride, something we can all rally around, something that is in our, literally our backyard. Alawai Canal is right across the street from Jefferson Elementary School. Yeah, we're hearing similar things, you know, in, in terms of that pride. And how students actually are coming to love learning, you know, because they see themselves represented in school in ways that in which they've never been represented. Um, they understand that the knowledge that their families possess have passed on to them actually has value and that they can be leaders in our community and that they can be leaders in their families. And so there, there is a lot of pride that we hear similarly you talk about yeah you mentioned the word pride derek i'd like to ask you a question about pride we're very we're in the infant stages of a place-based aina-based education uh you're somewhat farther along the road uh what role did pride play in bringing aina-based education to the forefront what emerged well i think it helped other teachers who are not involved with this initiative um, to see the value of what we're doing and to better understand how we need to approach education differently, especially for those kids who struggle in a, in a more Western setting. You know, um, we had a student who chronically absent, you know, um, he would often be sick, or at least you know his family would claim that he's sick. Uh, and I'm sure he was, but I'm sure part of it was psychosomatic, you know, because he didn't love what he was doing. He didn't love being in school, and and it was literally making him ill. But once um, he was part of this class, our Innovation Academy, that really focused on relationship building, connections, as you as you say, Garrett, uh, based culture-based learning. Uh, immersing them in Olo Hawaii and Iki Hawaii um, to an extent that they've never been in, in, encountered before and giving him opportunities to be our leader amongst his peers. He went from chronic absenteeism to having zero absences. And so the teachers who had him previously, you know, they were, sh they were shocked by his turnaround. Similarly, you know, kids who have their uh, challenges, who are frequently getting referred to the office, you know, changes in their behavior also help teachers to see that, you know, that we're onto something here, that there are little ways in which we can change in our regular classrooms, our more traditional classrooms, 
for standard classrooms uh, that can better appeal to students and, and build that pride. What are you seeing in your classrooms? What I'm seeing, well, yeah, I guess I'd like to use again the word connect. Uh, teachers are looking for opportunity to connect with uh, what's in Waikiki, similar to what you're doing in Kaneohe. You're taking uh, aspects of Kane Kaneohe, uh, provide your teachers with a canvas that is Kaneohe so that they can derive meaning. Much farther along the road than us, uh, we're seeing small successes in our faculty and staff. We're seeing people that would not normally step up, step up because this is their opportunity to make a difference in their community. And that's important uh, because when you feel like a part of the community, then you're gonna wanna contribute more and more and more because you feel connected to this place uh, that you live, uh, that you teach, you feel connected to the community. At Kaneohe Elementary, were there people who unexpectedly stepped up and rose to the challenge with regards to your efforts? Well, you know, I think one of the things that was most striking was um, our head custodian. For the longest, he worked at Kaneohe Elementary for years, and um, we never knew of the talents that he possessed the knowledge that he um, had and the role that he played in the community as, as a cultural advisor, as a community leader. You know, when he came to work every day, he pretty much hit all of that. And when our teachers in the Innovation Academy approached him and asked him to teach them a bit about um, the history of Kaneohe, the, the culture, he just blossomed, you know, and, and played a different leadership role. And now he um, teaches in different classes. He teaches them the Oli from kindergarten all the way to grade six. You know, um, has done an amazing job and has blossomed as, as an educator you know, on our campus. What an awesome story. Oh, thank you. I see you're looking at your arm, you're eating chicken skin, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have chicken skin. It's one of those every yeah, for those of you uh, listening to this podcast, every time I meet with Derek, I have several chicken skin moments. <laughs> yeah, we're able to connect. Uh when speaking with Derek, he always speaks on a higher level. And I think he challenges me to try and um derive the meaning with uh the little things that he does. Yeah, so we we always like, I, I can say that we're both lifelong learners and our paths have crossed many times. We're always able to reconnect. Uh, two different parts of the island. I'm in Waikiki <laughs> and Derek's in Kaneohe, but we still find time to connect. And I think that's so important. Yeah, running ideas on project-based, place-based, item-based learning running the ideas through Derek gives me a, a better perspective. Yeah. Derek also brings in the cultural piece, which I think is important, especially in Hawaii. Well, I, 
I tip my hat to you, Garrett, because you know you're in the setting where the culture has been plasticized. You know, in very much, uh, in many ways, it, it's been um, adapted for Western tastes, right? So that it becomes more palatable. It's grass plastic grass skirts. It's coconut bras. It's you know the Kodak hula hour. It's you know many. Um, it, in some ways, you know, below the surface, you know, that, that richness, the treasure, there's so much history in Waikiki, and there's still a lot of people who, kupuna, who have that knowledge and are just waiting to be able to pass it on. So I, I tip my hat to you, Garrett, because I know that you're really uh, putting efforts to, to unsurface that you know, there in Waikiki. Now, professional development is all uh, on learning about uh, Waikiki, the Ahupua'a. We have partnerships with the Manoa Heritage Center. Uh, we partner with Ohe to bring in um, guest speakers during our professional development to learn about Waikiki. Uh, we were fortunate to have John Clark talk to us about uh, the surf spots. Uh, we are the Jefferson Surfers. Our mascot is the surfers so we spent the uh, professional development uh day with john clark and he taught us a lot about uh connecting with this place that is waikiki but again we're in the very infant stages we, we're taking baby steps um one day we hope to be as far along as kaneo elementary we're still looking for uh people who might remain quiet normally to step up and to lead the charge. I think that will be a point in time where I can say that uh, we're in a good place. When people are stepping up at the right time for the right reasons, and the right reason will always be our students and student learning. Well, I think there, that, you know, that's something else that we have in common. You know, I think people sometimes think it's so easy to find um, these resources within your community, you know, especially think about Kaneohe. You know, people imagine that if I just say, hui, then, you know, Kapuna's going to come over and then teach us, you know, all that they know. But a lot of people, they're reticent because they have poor experiences in school. They know a lot but yet they're ashamed to share because it was for. So I think, you know, um, it's not just about stepping up for, I think for many of them, but it's really about being invited in and honoring the knowledge that they have. And I think that's, you know, where we have similar challenges and opportunities you know, in, in finding the right people to be able to do that. But I think definitely, like you said, you know, you make connections. Uh, for example, you know, um, there's Estria of Mele Murals who's working with us. And he has so many connections to different people. This summer, he brought in a, a whole bunch of different musicians who live or work in Kaneohe, who shared Mo'olelo with the students, inspired them to paint these beautiful murals across uh, our campus. But you know, for many of those musicians, that was the first time that they set foot on a DOE campus. 
because they haven't been invited before. And so very fortunate, you know, to, to have had them there and to share that experience with our students. You know, and, and, and we're hoping that we can do that more on a more frequent basis into the future. Yeah, so your sharing just now reminded me of our time back in East. Remember those? Remember those days, Derek? One of the guest speakers was Eldon Esmeralda. And at the time he was at Nanai Kapono. And he spoke about uh, Nanai Kapono being a hidden gem in the community. He saw it as a place where anyone could come, feel safe, and rally around student learning. That, that really resonates in um, what I'm hearing from you. Uh, I know personally, I would like Jefferson Elementary School to be the hub of the Waikiki community because Jefferson is a hidden gem. The hard work that is going into uh, place-based, INA-based learning uh, in its infant stages is going to be something big. Yeah, I look to Kaneohe Elementary as my beacon of light. And I will continue to connect with you to find out how I can take what we currently have at Jefferson and not copy what uh, Kaneohe is doing because it's what works at Kaneohe. I know there's a good chance it's not going to work at Jefferson, but to derive meaning, take small steps, definitely keep in touch with you for guidance and to be that beacon of light. I'm pretty certain that we will be the hub of the Waikiki community. Well, I think, you know, um, we benefit from each other mutually, you know, because we work, even though we're, we're far apart, we're within the same ecosystem. And the different challenges and, and emerge for us serve as inspiration for each other. And so, I'm more than happy to, to connect with you and talk about these things because from you, I'm learning as well, you know, um, where our paths, you know, can, can lead us and what better support, what better education experiences we can provide for our students. So I just want to mahalo you, Garrett. I, I think, you know, you're doing an awesome job there and, and I'm glad to be connected with you. Well, I'm just glad to have uh, an opportunity to participate in this podcast. You could have selected from one of many people, and it, it is an honor for me to participate in this podcast with you because uh, place-based, INA-based learning is something that is important to both of us. Mahalo, Garrett. Really appreciate uh, taking this time to, to talk with you for Educator's Edge. Look forward to connecting with you again, Derek. This is Cece Chung listening to Hawaii Teachers on Educator's Edge. I'm a middle school social studies teacher and the current president of the Hawaii Society for Technology and Education, or HISTI. At HISTI, we support educators in using technology to innovate teaching and learning. We want to help you, so please sign up for a free membership at hste.org join to stay in the loop about any future EdTech workshops and opportunities.